Hello, and welcome back to the Ripple Podcast. My name is Chelsea Connors, certified coach and former mental health therapist, here to help you bridge the gap between mental wellness and personal growth. And we do that by helping you reclaim your voice, embrace change, and build unshakable confidence. All right, so if you clicked on this episode, I'm celebrating you. First and foremost, I'm celebrating you. If you clicked on this episode and you're skeptical, I'm still celebrating you and I welcome your skepticism. And today we're going to talk about a topic that is really close to my heart and is something that I have worked with a lot, a lot of clients on ever since I started my career as a traditional therapist because it is incredibly counterintuitive for many of us. And it is also so powerful when you really lock it in, understand it, and shift your relationship to it. And so let's talk about it. We're going to talk about why compassion for yourself is actually going to be much more helpful than self-criticism. I'm going to say that one more time. Compassion for yourself is actually going to be much more helpful than self-criticism in terms of getting you where you want to be, having success, being able to recover from failure, working to improve self-acceptance, so many different key aspects. So let's dive in. Have you ever tried to force yourself into some type of change and growth? Like maybe you have tried sticking to a really harsh diet. Maybe you've told yourself that you're just going to stop thinking about your ex and never look back because you shouldn't be wasting your time doing that anyway, so you can't allow yourself to even think about it. Or maybe you told yourself you can't quit your job because you don't want to seem weak or unsuccessful to other people and you should be able to just suck it up and handle it like everybody else. That was definitely a story that I held at some season of my life before I embraced the truth of who I am or more of who I am. Um, so essentially, you've chosen to beat yourself up, criticize, and ridicule yourself into doing or not doing something. And how'd that go for you? I want you to think of just maybe one example where you have done this in your life. And here's the thing. You may have had some success by doing this, by being really hard on yourself, by being really self-critical, um, by kind of like beating yourself to a pulp internally that might have gotten you some things or had, yeah, some achievements, some milestones, whatever it might be. And more often than not, I see the, even if it gets you the external outcome that you are looking for, the internal detrimental effects that can come from constantly living in this way constantly talking to yourself in this way, how it shapes your view of yourself, it makes those external achievements really fucking shaky um, and seem less significant because that's when we get on the hamster wheel of never feeling like enough or having imposter syndrome or feeling like it was a fluke thing because the truth is that you don't genuinely hold compassion for yourself that leads to more self-acceptance, self-understanding, um, and and real growth. Um, so when I was first starting out my career, I worked in a college counseling center in San Diego. And I worked with 
freshmen to graduate students. I worked with high performers to students who were on academic probation. So like really across the gamut. And some of the things that we most frequently saw were anxiety and depression, a lot of stress management. Um, Those were some of the big, big themes that we saw in that setting. And I noticed a theme that the students who would come in frantic, beaten down, full of self-ridicule if they weren't performing perfectly or if they didn't know exactly what was coming next or if they thought they were going to have success in one area, whether it be like in the relationship that they were currently in or the major that they were at that moment or the friend circle that they thought they were on or the in the friend circle they thought they were in or the sports team that they thought was going to be like the end all be all for them. And then they got to that thing and they experienced some type of failure or misstep or even just like self-doubt and questioning or their expectations misaligned with their reality. What I would see is that they were more unhappy and mentally unwell as compared to those who might be going through similar experiences, but were able to access a sense of softness or understanding for their failures, for imperfections, and come back to this truth and understanding that literally the point of being in school and going to college uh, was to learn and to grow. And part of that means accepting that things aren't going to always go well. And that doesn't have to make them a bad person or a failure or they were really like intentional in how they explored these experiences and how they talked to themselves through it. Those students, um, did they still struggle? Of course, we all struggle. We're all human. I'm not here to say that like if you are more self-compassionate to yourself, you will not experience pain and struggle. No, not at all. We can't bypass that. Sorry. Uh, It's just a fact of life. It's just a fact of being human. But we can shape how we experience those more challenging times in life by working on something like self-compassion. So what is compassion? Like, let's just get really clear. Compassion in general is our ability to express empathy, to express concern, and to show love to those experiencing difficulties. And Self-compassion has now been very, very heavily researched. And one of the most well-known researchers around self-compassion is Dr. Kristen Neff. If you have not heard of Dr. Kristen Neff and you are interested in this topic, she's a really great website where there are some like downloadable exercises that you can do. Um, She has a book that I think is literally titled Self-Compassion. I've worked through that with many, many clients before. Um, It could be really helpful to just make this concept of being more compassionate towards yourself feel a little bit more practical and tangible. So those are some good resources if you're looking to learn more and really start to shift your view of um, this like technique, learn a little bit more about the research and the science behind it, and then also be able to apply it in real life. Those are some good places to start. Um And I want to be clear here, a lot of times when I talk about self-compassion, there can be some resistance because some people attach that word 
um, to being self-indulgent or to being selfish um, or to just kind of like giving in and giving themselves like an out on anything. And I want to be really, really clear that that is not what we're talking about here. Self-compassion is actually a key component that I talk about with all of my clients in combination with things like self-responsibility and self-leadership. So it's not at all that you are just letting yourself off the hook for everything or that you are um, being overly like flexible with yourself or um, almost thinking that what you are experiencing, kind of placing blame on other people and removing the responsibility for you to take initiative in your own life. We're not going to that extreme. And I just want to make that really, really clear. Self-compassion in combination with self-responsibility and self-leadership is what is going to allow you to raise your standards, to show up for yourself, to try something and fail, and then stand back up again to get explorative um, and curious about your experience through life and, and what you really want and who you are becoming and what you are learning in any given moment. Um, in order to become who you truly are, you can't beat yourself down or try and shove yourself into some box with criticism. It is just not sustainable and eventually you will crumble. <laughs> I have seen this so, so, so many times with clients and also with people just like in my personal life. So let's talk a little bit more about this concept. Dr. Kristen Neff's research points out three main components of self-compassion. The three main components are one, self-kindness or having the ability to refrain from harsh criticism, right? So that's the practice of actually in your mind um, and in your like internal dialogue, talking to yourself in the same way that you would talk to a little kid or maybe this seven-year-old version of you. You probably wouldn't be saying to them <laughs> some of the things that you say to yourself like, oh, Chelsea, that presentation was so bad. Why are you so stupid? Probably not going to say that to a seven-year-old. It might sound a little bit something like, wow, that presentation was really, really hard. How do you feel that you did on that presentation? What is it that you need right now if you're not feeling so great about it, right? And we can ask better questions that help us soften there. Maybe some reassurance, you know, everybody struggles at times. And so when you notice maybe something doesn't come naturally to you, we can work on improving that. We can work on getting better, more comfortable speaking in front of people, so on and so forth. That's just a random example. But Notice how the dialogue very quickly changes when you think about talking to a child um, that you love versus how we talk to ourselves oftentimes as adults. That's a really significant and key shift that if you can think of that in these hard moments can help you find better words in how to support yourself. The second component is the ability to recognize your own humanity or the fact that each of us is imperfect and we all experience pain at times, which I said before, right? This is a concept known as common humanity. Um, a lot of times when we are highly self-critical, it can be incredibly isolating because you're also trying to protect yourself, whether you know it or not. Um, and you can start to convince yourself that you are the only one. You are the only one who sucks at giving presentations. 
you are the only one who failed at making the cheerleading team. You are the only one who wasn't good enough to stay in a long-term relationship. And it can very quickly evolve to keep you detached from other people. Meanwhile, the reality is that there are probably hundreds, thousands, maybe even millions of people on the planet who have experienced something very similar, if not the same, to what you are going through. And in sharing that, that is not to minimize the significance of the hard thing that you are facing or that you're experiencing, but more so to give you hope and camaraderie to know that you're not alone in what you're going through. And then the third piece of self-compassion is the ability to maintain a sense of mindfulness or non-biased awareness of experiences, even if they are painful, right? So I actually was talking with a client yesterday and she was talking about how she feels that she is absorbing a lot of challenging experiences in her life right now and making them mean something about her, right? So in this example, she's working on getting to the next level in her career and she has interviewed for a couple of positions and gotten a few no's and that's been really, really challenging. And she noticed that she started to make that mean that she sucked or that the people that she worked with don't like her or um, just continuing to evolve a narrative and a story that is very much so attaching her and who she is as a person to this challenging experience where she's not necessarily getting the outcome that she wanted just yet. So with self-compassion and this third component, what we are doing in practicing mindfulness is creating awareness in the moment of an experience without making it mean and making it define who you are as a person. So I'm going to pause here and just repeat those three main components of self-compassion from Dr. Neff's research. The first is self-kindness. The second is common humanity. And then the third is mindfulness and being able to create awareness without attaching to it. So think about how those might serve you when you notice you are being highly self-critical. How would that shift the conversation that you're having with yourself in your mind? How would that help you move through really challenging experiences differently rather than digging your heels into them and kind of like sitting in a pile of shit around them and like going into all of this like self-pity and self-deprecating dialogue and so much that's just we know really unhelpful to allowing you to get where you want to be or to trying again or to standing back up whatever it might be um And I wanted to just like share one last little tidbit here, which is just there's so much research around this. I can remember when I was in grad school, when I first started learning about self-compassion, the concept of it, um, I too was a bit skeptical. I like rolled my eyes a little bit and I didn't really grasp it. But now after being, gosh, like eight, eight or nine years into doing this type of work around mental health and personal growth and just personal development, um, I cannot tell you how much of a difference this makes in the clients that I see be the most successful and feel the most content and fulfilled in their lives versus the clients who who really 
kind of function from this space where like stress is the norm or self-doubt is the norm or self-criticism is the norm, their experiences throughout life are night and day different. Um, and their research supports that. So there's research that shows that practicing self-compassion can increase self-improvement motivation, right? So motivation is like a buzzword. Everybody wants to feel more motivated. Motiva motivated. Everybody is like frustrated by the inconsistency of their motivation. Well, if you are longing for a bit more steadiness, we know that motivation regardless waxes and wanes. That's normal. It's going to happen. But if you are looking to kind of continue to fuel your motivation to improve yourself, self-compassion is going to help you with that. Other things that have been shown is that it can help practicing self-compassion can help improve a sense of responsibility, a sense of self-acceptance, your the, the amount of purpose you feel in life, body appreciation, right? Because we're essentially stepping away from this need to be perfect and allowing ourselves to be human by being kinder to ourselves. And then from there, we can take action that's actually meaningful and aligned. Self-compassion can also reduce fear of failure and reduce the fear of negative judgment from others. So I don't know about you, but obviously I work in, in this space. And so some of the things that I just named that the research shows that compassion, self-compassion can help with are some of the main things that a lot of people come to me to work on or that they name as things that are getting in their way from achieving what they want to achieve or being who they want to be. And so this is often a key component of what we are working on in the coaching work and even the breath work that I do with people because there is so much goodness behind how it can support people um, and really, really change your perspective on things and then allow you to take the actions that are actually going to lead to the growth that you are seeking. So this was a ranty ranty type of podcast episode, but this topic is one that is near and dear to my heart. And it is something that I talk with pretty much all of my clients about. It's in uh, almost all of my programs because I don't think that there is enough conversation around it in terms of how to start to cultivate more self-compassion. I think like, again, the word or or the phrase of like, you should be kinder to yourself is like thrown around here, there and everywhere. But I think it falls on deaf ears essentially and leaves a lot of people saying like, yeah, I mean, that sounds all well and good, but is that really going to help me? Or there's this underlying fear that if you dare be nice to yourself um, or kind to yourself or compassionate to yourself, you're never going to grow or move forward or be able to do hard things. And actually it is quite the opposite. The more that you can lean into self-compassion, the more that you are going to be able to move through and navigate the more challenging experiences of life and experience less fear, less resistance, and less avoidance around them. So I hope that there is something that you learned in this podcast episode that is going to allow you to think differently the next time that you notice you're beating yourself or up or you're criticizing yourself really, really harshly so that you can start to shift your view of yourself, the conversation that you're having with yourself, and then see how that changes what happens next for you or how you are experiencing something in your physical body. Um, and we can kind of notice again, like chip away at how 
this small change in perspective can really have, again, a ripple effect on what happens from there on out. It really is so huge and so significant. I, I cannot stress that enough. Um, so that's what I have for you today. Compassion over criticism, pretty much always in my mind. Let's be honest. Let's take self-responsibility. Let's be kind to ourselves along the way. And let's see what happens. I dare you, dare you, dare you to try it on. If you are still feeling really skeptical, that is a-okay. Um, I, I urge you to just like experiment with it. See what happens. See what it feels like. Give yourself a day, three days, a week. Um, and really intentionally be aware of when are you being harsh to yourself and how can you shift that to compassion and see what changes. Um, all right. Thank you for being here as always. If you liked this episode, please be sure to like it, subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. If you are looking to go a little bit deeper and you want to do some more work with me at Chelsea Connors LLC, um, you can head to the description below and I will link my free training, which is called Capable, in that you're going to learn how to transform this belief of I could never to I absolutely can and let me show myself how. And in there, I teach you, again, like tangible, research-backed approaches that you can apply in your real life. You get a video. You get some exercises to do. You also get a breathwork practice that you can dabble with if you're curious but have never tried it before. It's really, really good. Um, so tap that through the link in my bio, and I will see you next time.